I'm Lean Printer, and this is The Motivated Classroom. Hello, Falcha, bonjour, and welcome to The Motivated Classroom podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Merci beaucoup à tout le monde. And of course, a huge muchas gracias to all of the patrons of the podcast. I actually just can't believe that a year in, we've got 38 patrons of the podcast. It's just unbelievable. Thank you so much for your generosity. I really appreciate my coffee a month or my pack of crisps a month from you and many people have supported on Buy Me A Coffee. So thank you so much to all of you. Now of course we must start with our Irish phrase for today and this is a kind of a funny one that an Irish comedian has used when he was talking about how difficult Irish is to learn and he was saying it tongue-in-cheek. He was joking. It is really difficult to learn Irish but this phrase is not very difficult. The phrase is cup on tay. So if you're listening to that going, well, that kind of sounds like a cup of tea. You'd be correct. Pretty sure that came directly from English. But yes, in Irish to say kind of a cup of tea is cup on tay. So there you go. You can just say that when you go to Ireland. If you go into a coffee shop and you say cup on tay, then they'll know that that's what you're looking for. So there you go. Cup of tea. Now, today we are going to talk about motivational strategies, particularly motivational strategies in the language classroom. Now, lots of people have been getting in touch about this and saying, I really want to motivate my students more. I want them to be more engaged. And I really urge you to go back to episodes number one, two, three, four, five and listen to what I spoke about in terms of self-determination theory, autonomy, competence, relatedness. And I go into detail on each of these. That is the real foundation of building intrinsic motivation in your students. Planning activities for autonomy competence and relatedness. So please go back and listen to those. But after that, we have to think a little bit about the actual individual strategies that we're going to use. And on this note, in some quite exciting news, over the past six to seven months, I've been working closely with Dr. William Davis in Stephen F. Austin State University in the United States about combining what we've both done in motivation and language learning and language teaching for our doctorates into a research paper, into a publication about motivational strategies from a self-determination theory perspective for the practitioner. So that is on its way and hopefully will be published quite soon. But because I've been reading lots around these motivational strategies now, I do want to share some of them with you and I hope I'm not going to spoil the amazing paper we've put together if it ever gets accepted for publication. But hopefully it's on the way. So keep an eye out for that and I will share it widely, of course, if it does get published. So Motivational strategies. The thing about these is educational research consistently finds that motivation is a key factor in young people, in our students achieving their potential and succeeding at school. So I urge you to look at Ryan and Desi's 2020 update paper on self-determination theory and Vance Team Kitze and Al and their 2020 update paper as well. Essentially looking at 20 years of research around motivation, intrinsic motivation in classroom settings and really showing us that motivation is such a key factor. I know you're listening to that going, well, I know that, Liam. That's why I'm listening to this podcast. We know motivation is important. And it's important to show that there's lots of research still going on with this. And you can see that it is vital to people achieving their success. Now, there is a lot of recognition of this central role of motivation 
also in the foreign language learning field. And there's actually been quite an explosion of investigations and explorations and research in second language learning motivation in recent years. So in 2015, Boo and Al put together a a kind of a meta-analysis or review of this huge surge of publications in L2 motivation papers. Now, when I say L2, I'm talking about foreign language learning or second language learning. And then Martin Lamb also did a big review paper in 2017, showing again just this huge surge of interest in motivation in the foreign language field, which I am delighted to see because what kind of makes me a little bit sad and a little bit, I don't know, fearful of the future is when we're trying to say that motivation is really important and we need to do things in a slightly different way. But many people come back and say, but we still just need to teach the same old stuff in a slightly different way and that'll be fine. And if we teach the same grammar and we do it the same way and we do the same worksheets, it'll be fine. People will just get motivated. As if we've learned nothing from 40 or 50 years of teaching languages that students are not motivated and engaged by the way we are currently teaching languages. If they were, we'd have millions upon millions of second and third and fourth language speakers in our countries. We'd have loads of multilinguals and not just I'm talking about people who are growing up bilingual or trilingual. I'm talking about people who learn the languages, go off and use them. But actually, it's a tiny percentage of people, the people like me and you, the linguists, the people who are really into it. We're not reaching the vast majority of students, most of them drop languages up to about 90 percent. Just decide, no, I don't want to do French or German or Spanish or Mandarin or whatever it may be. I'm, I'm going to drop it. I don't need it. And that usefulness part has one role to play, trying to convince students that it's a good thing to learn languages. But what we do within our classrooms plays a massive role. So if on the one hand, students are not seeing the value of learning languages, that's one thing on its own. And it's kind of hard for us to impact that. But what we do have impact over is our individual classrooms. So if they're coming in going, I'm not really sure. I I already speak English fluently. I'm not really sure if I need to learn French or German or Spanish. And they don't see that amazing human aspect of learning languages and the cultures behind it and openness to diversity and difference and different people who look different and sound different and the joy and the cognitive benefits. They might not see all that. So if that's we're already fighting that part and then they come in and they're bored out of their minds because all we do is talk at them about grammar and about verb endings and about perfect adjectival agreements and making sure the S goes here and the T goes here, rather than just allowing them to communicate and learn through inputs and interest and compelling stuff about ourselves, about them in other languages, then of course they're going to drop the language. But many, many people are just kind of pushing for the same status quo and saying, oh no, it'll be fine if we just add this little game in here. The students will do more languages, it'll be fine. And where will we be in 10 years? in exactly the same place or maybe in a worse place. We need to do things differently. We need to think about these motivational strategies. And I really firmly believe that. And it's not just me saying this. Improving students' foreign language learning experience has been found in the research to increase uptake and retention of students in language courses. So look at Blanton's thesis, Davis in 2020, Murray 2014, Venk 2010. Many different researchers are finding this, that when we teach in a more interesting, compelling way, students tell their friends and they say, oh, Spanish is really fun and we're learning loads and we're able to speak loads and more people start to sign up for the course or stay in the course. Now, again, you're fighting with all the societal aspects around that. But what is in your control is your classroom. So that's the important bit. And 
Mikyon and Al in 2014, actually, who look into emotions and language learning, they've actually highlighted the dynamic link between foreign language retention and motivation, as in they found that more students want to continue studying the language if their motivation is of higher quality. No major surprise there, right? Students have a higher level of motivation in the class and then they say, well, this is really fun. I feel like I'm learning a lot. I feel like I'm able to speak the language. I get a chance to communicate a lot. I'm only two years in and I'm able to say loads of things. I can read novels. I can understand. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep this up. This is quite cool. Of course, if they're bored out of their minds and, and we treat it like a science or mathematics and it's all about grammar worksheets and filling the gaps and making sure they get 100% accuracy in the writing and all these mistakes have red lines under them, then of course their motivation is going to go down. It needs to be different. We need to think about it in a different way and challenge our beliefs about what we think language learning is. Oh, got a lot to get off my chest today. Sorry. (laughs) Now, aligning with self-determination theory, there's abundant research Lots of it which has been summarised in those meta-analyses I spoke about earlier from Lam and Van Thiemkitz to Anal, they outline the specific conditions that are required to promote engagement, motivation and authentic learning. Essentially, autonomy, competence and relatedness. But the heartbreaking fact is, in Ryan and Desi's 2020 paper, you can hear their passion coming out. They basically say, policies that explicitly aim to satisfy these basic psychological needs of teachers and students are still just not implemented widely in schools at all. And again, I bring that back to that Maya Angelou quote, when we know better, we need to do better. We have a lot of research out there showing the robust nature of self-determination theory and that humans are intrinsically motivated when we feel like we have control over things, a bit of ownership, when our own interests are in it, autonomy, when we feel like we can do it, when we have a chance of success, when there's high expectations of us, competence, and when we feel connected and belonging to what's going on, relatedness. But it's still not implemented in schools, even though I would say the words, we know this. And I'm always cautious to say no as a fact when I talk about social science, but it's so overwhelming, the evidence that yes, we, we can say that we know this at this stage. Now, again, given that many of the issues that we know about demotivation and teachers leaving the profession are about external factors, there's many things that are simply out of our control. But what is within our locus of control is our classroom, the strategies we choose to use, the way we choose to speak to our students. And do, do we talk with them in the language or do we talk at them? A huge, really important thing to differentiate, talking with the students and not talking at the students. And Dr. Bill Van Patten, Dr. Karen Lichtman in their 2021 paper about second language acquisition really advise us heavily to talk with and not at the students. So it's so important that we have to concentrate on our own classroom. And if we make changes to the way in which foreign languages are taught within our classroom walls, we as educators have the ability to impact long-term motivation for learning languages of our students. And there's a wide range of studies that highlight the central importance of this L2 learning experience, essentially the language classroom. There's loads of studies around there highlighting this, especially when it comes to generating and maintaining motivation. So Al Sherry and Etherington in 2017, Sizer and Cormos, really famous paper in 2009, and many others show the importance of what happens within the language classroom for long-term motivation. Quint Baldwin and his colleagues in 2017, working with young learners in the Japanese context, they show that motivating tasks and the overall foreign language classroom environment are even more significant 
than prior internal motivations, like the motivations that a student comes to us with that they have picked up at home and through society. What happens in the classroom walls is even more important than that. It can override it. And this can enhance engagement and motivation, these things we're doing in our class. And this offers a lot of support to Sizer and Cormus's argument that the L2 learning experience for what I'm trying to say there is the teacher and the foreign language classroom is the strongest motivator. And on that note, I absolutely appreciate that the role of the teacher is paramount, that we can have all these wonderful strategies that should or can be highly motivating because let's say they have autonomy, competence and relatedness at its heart. For example, building an invisible character, doing the disgusting milkshake competition, co-creating stories. These are all have autonomy, competence and relatedness in their DNA. But if the teacher delivering it is not able to motivate their students or the teacher is delivering it in a very autonomy suppressive style, like a very controlling, pressurised environment. No matter what the activity is, the students are not going to feel motivated. The role of the teacher is absolutely paramount. So important that you could kind of listen to this episode as a two part. This first one is on motivational strategies and the next episode will be about the role of the teacher within that. But today I do want to concentrate on the motivational strategies. So what are they? Essentially, they can be broadly defined as techniques deployed by teachers to deliberately enhance learner motivation. And that comes from Martin Lamb's 2017 paper. So despite a recognition of the importance of these motivational strategies, Zoltan Dornay and Emma Ushida in 2011 in their book, they highlight that the amount of research devoted to the question of motivating learners remains really small and meagre relative to the amount of research on motivation. So that's kind of hard to say and get through. They're basically saying that there's not that much research on motivating, I-N-G at the end, how we motivate our students. But there's a lot of research out there on motivation. What is motivation? The internal aspects, the basic psychological needs. And they're calling for more research around strategies in the classroom that are motivating, that motivate, that actively build positive emotions and positive relationships within our students. They fire those sensors of happiness and enjoyment and engagement and listening in our students. So what is motivating for learners with the ING on the end? So Dornay and Sizer's 1998 pioneering work, they did this paper called 10 Commandments for Motivating Foreign Language Learners. And they highlight the following. Significance of creating a pleasant, relaxed classroom atmosphere, developing good relationships, increasing the learner's self-confidence, making the classes interesting, personalising the learning process and promoting learner autonomy. And you can see all of that fits perfectly into self-determination theory, autonomy, competence and relatedness. So this was their really pioneering work. It's highly cited, really important piece for motivation in language learning. Now, Zoltan Dornay's 2001 taxonomy, three years later, expanded the list into 102 motivational strategies, which he grouped into 35 main strategies or what he called macro strategies. Now, after that, there were very few studies, actually, that attempted to add to this work by providing any empirical data on the effectiveness of these motivational strategies. So empirical data means research carried out and tested to see were these actually right or were these relevant in the language classroom. And there wasn't much, but there were a few. A few studies did try and build on this. So a few notable ones would be Cheng and Dornay in 2007, 
Guleto and Dornay 2008, Moscovy and Al 2013, Reusch in his paper in 2012. So in these studies, they found that the teacher and their teaching practices are essentially the most important and highly influential thing on the motivation of our learners and their long-term motivation to continue the foreign language journey. Roy Chanel, in their paper in 2012, in particular, really underpinned this principle that teachers and teaching practices are central to motivation and central to motivating our learners in front of us and for their retention and continuing with languages. So they're super important. So most of these studies find that emphasising the macro strategies of positive classroom climate, relationships and engaging tasks will result in foreign language students who feel more motivated. But what are engaging tasks and how do we go about that? Well, foreign language teachers who actively employ innovative and compelling teaching strategies tend to increase students' interest, attention and satisfaction. So Burnhouse and Al found this in their study 2019, also Madrid 2002. And in my own study in 2019 with my learners here in the International School of Lausanne, this was really apparent that the students really enjoyed and were talking about compelling, comprehensible input, the stories, the co-creation. They were the things that drove their interest, that made them perk up and listen in class. And we know if we give lots and lots and lots of comprehensible input, the students will acquire the language naturally. We don't need to focus on grammar worksheets and loads of exercises in order for their accuracy to be perfect. It will come just as it did for us in our first language. But the important thing is to give lots of compelling, communicatively embedded input, as Dr. Bill Van Patten says. Now, that's not to say grammar has no place. Of course it does. And teaching grammar is important. But when the students are older and more advanced, that is the really important part. Oh, let's not get me started on teaching grammar again, because I feel like a, a broken record. I will do a full episode on teaching grammar, when we should do it, how explicit it should be. But I need to I need to take a few deep breaths before I do that, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, some of you are listening to this going, oh, you're always giving out. Uh, in Ireland, that's a phrase to say, telling someone off. We say giving out. You're always giving out and you're always talking badly about teaching grammar. I love teaching grammar. What's your problem with it? I get that. I'm also a linguist. I'm a total language nerd. I love grammar. I love it. I love how it works, the mathematical aspects of it, but it's not motivating for the vast majority of students. And when you focus in on accuracy so much, you are ruining their competence. There's no autonomy, absolutely zero, and the relationships are not going to be built because they're not learning, entering, interesting about you, about their classmates, about other people. So we need to keep it back until later, until they've established quite a lot of language and can communicate. And now we can work on the finer points and some accuracy for those students who may want to go on and study at a university. But let's give them two or three years of low stakes. Don't concentrate on the accuracy. Just give them loads of inputs and they'll get there themselves. See, I ended up talking about grammar anyway. Back to motivational strategies. Come on, Liam. Okay, so motivational strategies. So also a study in 2016 found that foreign language students highlight activities that involve movement, drama, role playing as those they found most interesting and engaging, the ones they found most useful. And really importantly, Quint Oga Baldwin and Al's study in 2017, this is a big longitudinal study, reported that foreign language teachers who provide stimulating and interesting tasks within a fun, supportive classroom well, those teachers will stabilise motivation in their students and it impedes the general decline in motivation for learning languages that we see over time reported in other studies. Really important. 
So fun, supportive classroom, stimulating, interesting tasks with compelling input. Now, Dr. Stephen Krashen and Dr. Benico Mason have brought this together in an idea which is called optimal input. So it's no longer enough for the input just to be comprehensible because you could get loads of comprehensible input like the cow is black and white. The cow is black and it's white. There's a cow. What colour is the cow? It's black and white. And you're getting bored. It's not interesting. So it's comprehensible, but it needs to be interesting. So they've come up with this optimal input and they say four things are needed. It should be comprehensible, should be understandable, first and foremost. Compelling, should be interesting. Three, it should be abundant. There should be lots of it. And four, it should be rich and varied, like not just saying the same sentence over and over again, but lots of rich and varied language. So that's really important when you're giving your inputs. Comprehensible, compelling or interesting. How do we do that? We talk about the students, about them, about their lives, their interests, their fears, their passions and yours as well. Abundant, loads of it. And it should be rich and varied. Now, sadly, Martin Lamb in his 2017 review paper says that only the most ambitious studies like Moscovy and Al's in 2013 or Al-Rabi 2016 identify contextually promising motivational strategies, train teachers in using them and then investigate their motivational effects. Like there's very few studies that did this. Now, I did this for my doctorate. The teacher who I was working with, she received training in teaching with co-created stories and comprehensible input. And then we looked at her, her motivation and the motivation of her students over a whole year with motivational questionnaires followed by interviews. So this, my doctor did this and it was really interesting to see that when you have an intervention, when you try and actively bring in strategies that have autonomy, competence and relatedness at their heart, then the students and the teacher will have increased or better long-term motivation, even when they were preparing for a big, scary exam. So... We need more studies like this and hopefully I'll have some publications coming from it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if anyone wants to publish it. But it is really important that we look at these. And, and as teachers listening to this, I would encourage you to just try it. And you can do research yourself at the most basic level. Just a quick Google survey before, halfway through and at the end, like really basic stuff, just about how engaged or how interested were you in the class or the content from a scale of one to five or whatever. Just have a look at it. But try something new. If you used to start off your first semester with teaching the present tense and doing some verb tables and some practice. Well, now try and teach it in a different way. You know, try and do some building invisible characters and talking about their descriptions and their personalities and talk about the students and what they like to do at the weekends and what it really drives them. And don't worry about covering all these different verbs and covering the ER verb or the IR verb. Don't worry about that. Just give them the inputs and just talk and have conversations with them and see any changes? Is there any changes in their motivation, how much they're engaged and motivated with the class? You may not see enormous differences in how much they're able to use or acquire the language because that takes time. Language learning takes time. But give it the time and I think you will see that they will take in a huge amount and then start to use it when they're ready. So just, you know, have a go at it. Think about it. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this on motivational strategies, it's really try and think about strategies that have some autonomy in them, some ownership from the students, some self-directed learning, some things that allow them to talk or communicate about their interests, things that they like, their fears, what they are doing. That, that is a very first step. 
And of course, building that together in a nice class with a good sense of belonging, less pressure, less high stakes testing with scores and grades at the end, less looking for perfect accuracy and more allowing them to speak and talking with them. What happened to you and your weekend and what, what did you do and where did you go and allow them into your life a little bit? That would be the first way to start to really increase some of these motivational strategies and building their competence and their confidence by not marking down every single error that they make and always focusing on accuracy. That can come later. Give it some time. So there you go. There's an introduction to motivational strategies. It will be followed up in the next podcast episode with the role of the teacher. A huge thank you to everyone for listening. Please keep sharing the podcast with everyone. I love getting your emails and your questions and your thoughts, so keep them coming. Have a go and check out patreon.com the motivated classroom if you feel like being a supporter of the podcast if you think if you bumped into me in Dublin and you said Liam thanks for the podcast I'd love to buy you a coffee once a month to say thank you well please go over to Patreon that would be wonderful I'd really appreciate it but if not keep listening for free it's all good just keep sharing with people keep telling them about it let's not forget our Irish expression for the day was cup on tea the motivated classroom podcast is an original production by liam printer i'm at liam printer on twitter and my youtube channel is liam printer the motivated classroom full podcast notes with links to resources are available on my website liamprinter.com for more find and follow the motivated classroom podcast on twitter facebook and instagram graphics and music are provided by paul mahan intro clips are thanks to the wonderful multilingual staff at the international school of lausanne